Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. My home, in the church, with my leadership. I just want to love this life. I don't want to dread living this life and full of complaints. As Frank Natta once said, regrets I've had a few. But then again, too few to mention. I think we ought to enjoy life while we face the serious times together in the Lord. Paul is not talking about any kind of battle. He says in the Ephesians, he says very specifically, he mentions the evil day. The evil day. Not every day, but the evil day. The evil day comes when your whole world implodes. When the attacks come against you, you are shattered, all hell is after you. And no, no reason of yours, you just wonder why this is happening. Any of you face things like that? 16 years ago, our oldest daughter, Debbie, uh, was fully pregnant. Eight months, I think she was, fully pregnant, cooking a meal for me and Stella. And we were going over, uh, driving, I think Liz was with us. Uh, and we were going over for a meal, we brought a meal and all of a sudden the phone rings and my son-in-law, Debbie's husband, is weeping on the phone. He says, he calls me pastor, you know, my son-in-law because he was saved under our ministry and all of that. So he still called me pastor. Pastor is crying and, and Clarence is a muscle-built fella, tough guy. He's pastoring one of our churches, doing a great job today with Debbie. But he's crying, he says, Papa, he said, the kitchen exploded in flames and Debbie was cooking and she was engulfed in flames and he is now in the hospital just waiting for the doctors to bring the results. And Stella and I, as usual, husbands and wives, when we face the evil day, we talk to God first. Try not to talk to each other because we'll say, why, why, who, what, and what, eh? So we talked to God. I, I, I was all over the road, you know, trying to turn to, to go to the hospital. And we just prayed a simple prayer. God, you are in control. You have blessed my children. They have been dedicated to the Lord and to the service of God. We will not have this. We are making a stand on your word, not on our goodness, not in our strength. This is not Joel Amaya and Stella show. This is your show. Show up, God. We drove, parked up to the hospital, rushed in. Clarence was outside, still weeping. He had his friends, his buddies were all there. I rushed in and saw the doctor. I said, doctor, I'm the father. Can, I'm the, the girl's father. Can you tell me how bad the situation? Doesn't matter what you have to say. Just tell me what it is. And the doctor said, you know, I, I'm really surprised uh, at what we've discovered. You know, apart from Debbie's legs, because it was all in with fire, apart from her legs which were singed and her stomach because it was bulging, the whole flames exploded on her and her, eye, her eyebrows and her eyelashes were singed. Nothing else affected her or the unborn baby. Totally, the doctor said this, I cannot, I cannot explain what's happening but I knew what was happening. There's a time where you have to stand it's easy to run, to panic, to point the finger and to blame somebody else. Ephesians 6 10 says you've got the power and you've got the strength of the Lord. Normal stuff is not going to work. 
Normal Christianity won't work. Easy, it's easy to play church and we play church many times. I'm not saying that this is you. I'm talking about the Malaysian scene. It's easy to go to church and go through the, all the dynamics and all of that. But when the evil day comes, when COVID hit the world, even the prophets didn't see what was happening and what, what's going on in the world. But you got to know, that's why in this chapter, he tells us, finally, brethren, you've got to stand. You've got to put on the armor of God. You've got to get connected to your connect groups or small groups or life groups, whatever you call them. You've got to go to church. This is the time you need to stand in the church and with the church. You've got to do what is humanly possible first. And that is in the Lord. He says, put on the helmet of salvation, the armor of uh, breastplate of righteousness. He said, because we are fighting against an enemy that, that are in the heavenly places. You don't see them, but they are real. Now, I don't want to be spooky, but there are real enemies that are in the realms, that are heavenly realms. We cannot deal with them naturally, even in our country, in Malaysia, with one government after another government, and we have had corruption as long as you can imagine the, the rights of people, a certain uh, uh, minority of people who demands their rights, and everybody else, you know, is neglected for years. We have... We have gone through that. But the church of Jesus Christ continues to pray. Now, we are not strong in ourselves, definitely not. But we will stand. And during the times, during these times, we got to view things from the location of heavenly places. God, you are in control. He says, don't quit. Three times he says it. Stand firm. All right? You've done all you could. Stand firm. Don't run. Whether it's in your marriage, your family situation, it's not the end. God has the final say. God is sovereign. He's in charge. When people were talking about what they should do, the church shouldn't do, and what we're allowed to do during this time of the COVID, I just said to everybody else, hey, God is in control. God is still sovereign. We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities. Your boss is not the enemy. Your mother-in-law is not the enemy. Your friends, your neighbors who hurt you, they are not the enemy. They are the resource. You need to address the source of the problem, which is unseen. As our churches began to grow, and again, we raised up leaders, I, I, I don't consider myself a good pastor, or Sal and I are great pastors, but... We've done the best we could or many, uh, through many years and we made our mistakes or whatever. And one day we were, you know, growing the church and planting it up, starting a new church in Kuala Lumpur. And one of my key members, uh, you know, again, I said, don't address the resource, address the source. We've been with him for years. We've been good friends for years. We've traveled together. When their family went through hell, we stood with them. We prayed with them. And when there was suicide in the family, Stella and I were the first one on the scene. And one day he just shows up and uh, he says, uh, we're going away. We're just leaving the church. Uh, I think Stella shared that last week where she cried. She was hurt. She was broken. Now, I react differently. I, I get angry. 
you know, because it was like a slap on the face. And we face that in leadership, don't we? we? We love the happy days. We love the friendship. Hey, we are journeying together. Let's enjoy each other. And then something goes wrong. It was a slap on the face. And for Asians, that's an insult. Although he didn't do it physically, I wanted to react physically, you know. I wanted to meet him halfway, you know. That's, that's, that's what I didn't. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. No, I imagine myself doing it. I didn't do it. So we were both shell-shocked. We loved this guy. We loved this family. And they were part of my leadership. They prospered because of the local church. They prospered because they served God. That is an absolute truth. And then they really prospered, became really something that God blessed them with. So my response, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood, guys. You don't do the natural thing of getting angry, of, of feeling sorry for yourselves. What did I do? We did nothing. And it was a slap on the face. So I went before the Lord. And this song came to me. If you could see what I once was, if you could go with me back to where I started from, <clears throat> then I know that you would see a miracle of love that put me in its sweet embrace and made me what I am today a sinner saved by grace I'm just a sinner saved by grace when I stood condemned to death, he took my place. Now I live and breathe in freedom with each breath of life I take. I'm loved and forgiven. Back to the living. I keep reminding myself that I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And that has kept me on track. When other challenges in my country faced us, when we looked at the finance and looked bad because some people followed him or left or whatever. I'm not trying to paint him as a bad picture. As, as I said before, I mean, we are good friends today. I genuinely love the guy. But it affected the church at that time. And then we call the leadership like you are doing now and say, this is what's going to happen in the church. We are not going to be crybabies and blaming anybody. Let's love people, forgive them. We were so low in our finances. We couldn't even pay the rent for the second building. 
I said to them, you know what, guys? Let's not pay the rent anymore. Let's buy the building. Yeah, they did that. I said, but here's my money. This is what I have for my retirement. Stella and I have uh, talked about it after she finished crying. <laughs> Put your money where your mouth is. Is this the church of God? Has God called us to be failures? Has God called us to be losers? This is about people. This is about souls getting saved. It's about marriages conducted in the church. It's about babies being dedicated. It's about kids getting water baptized. It's about training up leaders. It's about raising pastors. It's about building up the church of Jesus Christ so that Malaysia and the surrounding states of Malaysia will see you can't shut the church down. So we bought the building. And now we are into our third building. I tell you what's funny. Somebody gave us a piece of land to build a property. And it was not a Christian. It was a Buddhist. He said, you want land to build church? I must build my temple. But government statistics say that you must have another religion. So you want land? I said, uh, let me think about it. Okay. <laughs> so we are on to that. You must stand. When everything else addresses, tells you to sit down, we don't address the resource, we address the source. And Satan is the source of the things that you and I face. And we are in a physical world, but we have heavenly places, eternal resources, the Spirit of God. We have the Word of God. I remember reading the story about a farmer his house was being burnt and there was a prairie fire, a bush fire. And he grabbed his son, young son, and they both began to run. The fire was right behind them and they ran and the son was crying. He was afraid. The father held his hand and said, run, son, run. And the two of them ran and the fires were getting closer. And the son started crying. The father saw a patch, a patch ground somewhere further and it was already been burnt and so he ran took the sun there and he stood on that parched ground and the sun said daddy run the fire is coming the, the, I can feel the heat he said son we will not run we will stand on this burnt ground because it's already burnt the fire can't touch us again it has already been burnt and so I say to you and I to everyone today Jesus took the fire of hell and all that hell had to offer and today we can stand in Christ and we can find the victory. The fires that this world may have cannot touch you. Take your stand where Christ is. During the COVID, I know that many people lost their jobs. No different. Everywhere, all around the world, uh, people were affected financially. And I kid you not, I boast, I do not boast if, I, if there's any praise I give you, I give it to God, to Jesus. My wife was, is here, she'll testify. During the COVID time, some people lost jobs, but then they were promoted. Many, it's really, many of them testified in our prayer meetings, testimony after testimony. Cancers were healed. People who, were, who had contracted the COVID were healed miraculously of the ventilator or whatever it was uh, they were, uh, that was helping them to breathe. But I'll tell you what, the financial miracles that our people experienced, provision and bonuses and new jobs and increment and businesses expanding. 
And I said, guess why it happened? Because the Word of God tells us, God says, God said, I didn't say. So I teach God's Word. Don't blame me if you're angry about what I have to say. It's not my fault. It's His fault. Because the Word of God says, prove me now when He talks about tithing and giving towards the Lord. And these young people have proved the Lord. So in front of all their colleagues and everything, while other people were retrenched, while the companies were downsizing, these guys were promoted. You have to make a stand. And I'm glad that we can stand on the Word of God. God's Word. He says, prove me now. This is the only time in the Bible with, with regards to Scriptures. People get offended when we talk about that. Oh, your money rich pastor, you know, you grabbing people's money. No, I'm teaching you because when the evil day comes, you will stand. You will not run away. So, he gives us all the six pieces of spiritual arsenal. Arsenal. The army, the, the armor of God, of which the believer can utilize. You know, in a military parade, they show the weapons. In real life, in real war, we have to use the weapons. And you've got the most powerful weapons. And he, he, he lists down all these things. And you should know that. So I don't want to tell you, well, this is what the helmet looks like, breastplate looks like. I don't want you to always be dressing up. But dress for spiritual success. Romans chapter 13 verse 14 says, that's it, simple. 13 verse 14. Put on Christ. If you, are, you, you, if you can't memorize all the, the, the other stuff, just put on Christ. Just put on Christ. Don't be ashamed to worship Him and give Him praise. And when He blesses you, He blesses you to be a blessing. Not for you to hoard on yourself and to boast about what you have, but to be a blessing. So, I'm so inspired by Mark and Ross in setting up the church for the future. I will go back home and of course I will imitate them and I will learn from them. And I'll take whatever knowledge they, they can give me to help me boost the next generation, the third generation, the next group of people that will be doing church in Malaysia. They are going to be fantastic. Fantastic. And I prophesy over you that you are going to be fantastic to the glory of God. Not for ourselves. Not about our names. But for the glory of God. I see young people getting saved in droves coming to this church. I see sinners lining up to attend your services. I see people being counseled by the mature groups of men and women in this church who love God and love this church. I see financial breakthroughs happening because you're such a giving and a generous church. Australia again and again has demonstrated their generosity by going to places like Sri Lanka. Hey, I'm an Asian. Even I haven't been to Sri Lanka. But leave an Aussie, they'll go everywhere. Our church supports nations like Thailand and the Philippines and Vietnam and so on and so forth. Burma. Our church is a giving church. I, I'm not ashamed to say that. A generous church. Your church is a generous church. Now, I know finance is a subject people cringe when they hear it from the church. 
but I'm not gaining anything from you today. This is my last service. I kissed my granddaughter and I'm going back home on Wednesday. Uh, such a joy coming here to see my two grandsons in Australia, uh, in uh, Kulungata. It's such a joy to see my family here. And Lizzie and Dan and my beautiful granddaughter. Where is she? Have you all seen her? Take photos of the girl. Don't kiss her and all that kind of thing. Just leave her alone, but take photos. She is a beauty. I can't wait to go back to Malaysia on Wednesday. Well, I love my trip here in Australia. I love it, Salah. I love it. One of my favorite countries in the world. But I'm homesick because there's so much more that God wants to do in our country. So, if you'll let me close in prayer, I'm going to turn it over to Daniel. Let me just pray for you. Whatever you are going through, don't run away. Don't get hurt. Don't expect people to feel sorry for you. I, I, if I'm being rude, please forgive me. I don't intend to, but uh, that's natural. So, if you are offended, please stop it. Be tough. Just be tough. Make a stand. Change your thinking. Change your attitude. Be bold. Be courageous. Do what God tells you to do. Do what is right. Make a stand. Today, make a stand. And there are some of you here never made a stand for your confession of Jesus Christ. Today, you've never made a stand, maybe, I don't know, that you ask, uh, ask Jesus to come into your life. Make a stand. As Daniel comes, come Daniel. As Daniel comes to lead you further in prayer. May God bless you. Thank you, Macquarie. You've been such a blessing. You've been so accommodating. Not to forget our in-laws, uh, Rebecca, Pond. The ponds have been taken care of us so well. Thank you. You're so hospitable. Love I love you. If you came over to our country. Oh, by the way, just before we flew over here, they lifted up the PCR test in Australia. I hate that thing. <laughs> up your nose. That, you know, it's very, very irritating. And then, just before we go back home to Malaysia, they've lifted it up. Uh, so wonderful. So come on over to Malaysia. And uh, God bless you all. I hope to see, I hope to hear good news from all of you. God bless you then. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.